Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Welcome to We Sing Our Faith, sharing the music and ministry of today's Catholic recording artists. I am your host, Julie Carrick, and it is my privilege to share my fellow artists with you. Thank you for joining us this week on We Sing Our Faith. You'll probably notice a difference right out. Uh, Julie Carrick is sitting in the hot seat, and I am her husband, Kurt Carrick, and we'll be talking with Julie about her new book, Julie Carrick, the author. Welcome. Thank you. It is different to be on this side of the microphone. It's a fancier chair, too, isn't it? (laughs) Kind of. Well, I'm so excited about this book because, well, Julie will tell you in a couple of minutes about how it came about and why she decided to write a book, and uh, or I should say why God decided she needed to write it. <laughs> but uh, to introduce it, it's called Unfailing Grace, and it's a, it's a book. It's not um, a music book. It's not a CD or a music program. This is about a person's life who has faced many difficulties. I can attest to most of them. <laughs> who has faced them with grace, not from this earth, but from our Lord. Um, unfailing grace. It's like walking your journey with Jesus at your side. It really is. I mean, that's, that's a great way to describe this. When I was asked to write the book, it was, it was actually kind of funny. It was in Lent last year. Now, typically as an author, you're going to take a couple of years to write a book if you're called to be an author. (laughs) So at the beginning of Lent, we were, we were doing our regional tour And for the first 30 days of Lent last year, every single day, somewhere between five and 10 people asked me when I was going to write my book, to which I explained, I'm not an author. And uh, I just let it go with that. But it became so apparent that I was getting tapped, more than a tap. It was like being pushed a little bit that I had to write this book. So on day 30, do you remember that? We were praying. I do. We were in West Texas. We were. We were in Midland. And that morning, we woke up in the tour bus, and we were doing our morning prayer. And during that morning prayer, I said, Lord, so many people are asking, but I don't know if it's something that they want, if it's something you want, I'll do it. Um, But I need someone with a voice of some type of authority, someone who knows our ministry and what we're able to do and to help us discern. And two of our board members live there in Midland. And so after morning prayer, we met them for breakfast and we were sitting there at breakfast and unbeknownst to them, you know, there was no idea about these people asking me every day. But in the middle of breakfast, Janice says, you know, you you need to write a book. And all I could think of was the audacity of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) It's like, how dare he speak to her and tell her that I'm going to write a book. He's always talking to Janice. Yes, he is. She has that spirit that is just... You she's, should do this. She's open. She's, she's open very... and she's willing. And uh, so in knowing that, I thought, okay, well, the voice of reason is sitting across the table. So if, if he jumps in on it, then I might have to listen. And, of course, Rhett did jump in on it. And after Janice said, you need to write a book, he said, we'll make sure it gets done. And I was blown away by that. And one of the beautiful things, and I want to say this right up front, is that I had thought about writing a book before years ago and I thought you know the way that most publishing houses work is you you write the book you submit the manuscript if they like it you get a whopping 10% of the sales in those books and I thought that's a lot of work for 10% and I just wasn't open to it 
But the beauty that Janice and Rhett introduced us to is this wonderful company called Paper Raven Books out of Denver. And their philosophy is so different. Um, they assist you in every way that a publisher does, except at the end of it, you own 100% of the rights and royalties of your book, which as you've heard us speak over the past year, that's something that's very much changing even in the music industry. And so Huge. I was I was enthralled and kind of excited and then, then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm writing a book. <laughs> and so you've written a book. Tell us, Julie, what is the book about? How did you get started writing it? And what is its name? So it's called Unfailing Grace is the main title. And kind of the subtitle, if you will, is How Adversity Magnifies the Grace Within, Showing the Beauty of This Tapestry of Life. And... When I realized why people wanted the book, they had been hearing stories for the last 25 years of ministry. Every event that I do, it's basically telling the stories of where grace has been in my life, how how I have been able to find joys, how I've been able to find triumphs, and how I've been able to live through some of the largest adversities anyone could ever go through. And to take those stories, I thought, I'm going to start at the beginning. And at the beginning was, when did I first encounter God's grace in my life? And so as a little girl, growing up in the Catholic faith, um, I don't remember my baptism, of course, I was an infant, but I do remember as a small child being in church and wanting to walk past the altar rails. I saw the tabernacle behind the altar. I would see that Father John Sidlowski, who baptized me, would walk through that little center gate. My brothers who were altar servers and older than me, they got to go there and I wasn't allowed to. And I longed for it. I longed to be close to Jesus in the Eucharist. And so um, I remember just so vividly when as a little girl joining the young um, lady Sodality of Mary so that as a member of that group on Saturday mornings, it was their job to clean the church. And so if you got there early, you got to get the duster and the vacuum cleaner. And that allowed me to walk right up to the tabernacle where I would take 20 minutes dusting so that I could be close to Jesus. And and it just kind of went from there. You know, I, I grew up in Michigan. I had horses growing up. And I loved, as a teenager, running my horse along the beach um, of Lake Michigan. It was the most beautiful, pristine, beautiful place to grow up. And it was really, in a lot of ways, a very idyllic um, childhood. My, you know, being raised in the faith, being raised in the Midwest, it was lovely. It was a lovely childhood. Music was a big part of my life. Um, I came from a musical family, although I never thought I would grow up and be a musician, um, nor did I think I would grow up and be an author. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the funny things, and this is such a strange um dichotomy if you will of life is one of my classmates growing up you I don't know if you've ever listened to the music of Tool I'm not asking you to do that <laughs> it's very harsh rock music but one of my classmates is the lead singer in that band um, he's known as Maynard I grew up knowing him as Jimmy Keenan um, and so it was funny his memoirs came out last year and there was a picture of he and I in his book so in my book there's a picture of Jim and I <laughs> <laughs> the voted most talented in our senior class. It's hilarious. Um, but we want to start with one of the songs. And the 
the beauty of the book, and it was Kurt's idea to do this, it's not a songbook. It's not a book about music. It is literally about how grace has been manifested through all of the stories of my life. And one of those early stories or, or one of those early songs that came out of the early stories of my life is the song, um, Be Still. Now, last week you heard the earliest one, My Baby, when we shared the Life uh, Week music. Um, but I want to start with a little clip from the song, Be Still, and then we're going to come back to that. When your heart is troubled by the sins that fill this world, and you something about it to take Psalm 46 verse 10, be still and know that I am God. That resonates with me. Um, to know that the world can be so loud and boisterous and busy at times that it literally tries to push God out, that's painful to me. And to realize that we all need that time to just quiet ourselves and listen, what does God want from us? Um, and to know that he is the author of our story, if we'll let him be. It's amazing. Um, it's a profound song, profound impact on so many of us. And Thank it was, you for that. you're welcome. And, and it was funny. It was one that I did um, early on once I had, um, when you and I had gotten married, we'd lived in Germany. We had already had our 
our first two daughters and our son, um, Timmy, who died of miscarriage. Um, but when we'd come back to Flagstaff and we were living there and Kurt and I together were doing music for the weekend masses at Nativity Church downtown, um, a group of ladies approached me and said, would you write a song for a conference? And I was like, sure. So I wrote the song. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is way before I'd ever thought of recording or doing anything in a, in a profession of music um, other than sharing it at church. And it was shortly after writing that song that um, I encountered Rich Mullins. He became kind of a, a presence in our life for a few years. And, uh, and to realize that um, the Lord was asking me to step out of my comfort zone a little bit and to, uh, to take the stories of my life and maybe expand on them. I'm very grateful to Rich. And uh, really, to pick up the book, um, Unfailing Grace, you'll, you'll read such wonderful details of this life of ours. Um, but one of the, the next stories was my sister, Laurie, who had shared her story of placing her daughter as an infant for adoption. As I've shared in, in previous episodes, especially life episodes, um, I will never forget when I had shared that song in Seattle, Washington, and a woman came up to me a year later when I was back in the area, and it was because of that song that... Um, the Holy Spirit just touched her heart in such a profound way the night of that concert. And the following year when I was back there, she approached me and uh, she said that because of being at that event the year before and allowing that song to impact her heart, she canceled the abortion that was scheduled for Saturday morning. And standing just a few feet away from her was a woman holding an infant and she kind of motioned for her to come over and she said, I'd like you to meet my son. And she handed me her little one to hold. And I just felt the tears running down my face. And I thought, dear God, <laughs> what an amazing gift um, to be able to know that sharing a story. It, it wasn't so much the song as it was sharing the story of my sister who gave permission to share her story of birth and placing her daughter for adoption. And then very, very dear friends of ours who live in Flagstaff who adopted a daughter a number of years later. And to share these stories of these two women, it was amazing. And I had written their song. And again, not knowing why. Why was God having me write songs when I was so happy and content being a mom and, you know, a stay-at-home mom and raising our daughters and volunteering on the weekends at church and eventually... Yeah, big plans for you, Julie Carey. <laughs> big plans. But we all have a story, and that's the beauty of this, is that as you read the book, Unfailing Grace, I pray to God that you see where the grace is revealed in your life and how important it is to share those stories. So we're, we're going to take a little break now and go to the song, Kateri, because I think it is so important to share this one, and uh, especially this weekend. Um, so many folks are meeting in Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. I'm so grateful that our president is a part of that this year, and what a story he has. I mean, we all have a story to share, but let's take a few minutes now and listen to Kateri. God, you can Thank you. 
never thought that I was going to be a recording artist. That wasn't part of the story that I was writing for myself. But God had a different plan. And I remember a deacon friend of ours stopping us after Mass on a regular basis and asking when we were going to do a recording. And um, so one of the very early recordings was December Road. And that was a, a lovely, fun song to write. Um, it was one that Kurt and I recorded together very early on. And um, I'm going to take, it's funny, here we are in, in the month of January, um, the last part of it, but it's still winter in many parts sure, of the country. in some places. In yes. some places. Not here. <laughs> but we're going to share December Road, at least a little bit of it, um, and then come back and talk about this one a little bit more. Joseph traveled long ago to the town of Bethlehem, many miles away, carrying a baby warm within her womb. She wondered what would happen. His birth was coming soon. Jesus have in store for those who travel 
search of the king They followed it untiring right to the cave And brought with them their treasures To lay before their king They entered in the stable door To see the king they had waited for How funny that um, December Road kind of launched a music career that I never knew I was supposed to have. Um, that was fun, wasn't it? That that it's recording. Been, it's a beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful experience, and and it really brought the rough into a refined diamond esque type of uh, thing. You know, we went into for all practical purposes. It was a studio in a garage, and. And it was it was rough cut, and boy, I'll tell you what, um, that was a great place to start. It was funny. There was this little um, dragon with red blinking eyes for lights, and all I could think of is I was laughing because here we were singing about baby Jesus and what gift could we possibly bring to him. And meanwhile, we're watching this dragon blinking its red eyes at us. It was it was crazy. Yeah, they used to record heavy metal in that studio. <laughs> I don't know what they do with with it anymore, but oh, it was funny. So but, the journey. Yes, so it the, is a journey. The December road is the journey of, of Christ and Mary and and Joseph and um and the sharing of stories is important because we feel awfully lonely if we're not able to hear stories that other people 
are experiencing in their lives, you feel like you're the only one. Exactly. Well, and that was my hope with this book is that um, to share all of the stories of grace. And as I said, whether the grace has been a joyous moment or a difficulty, um, when I was asked to kind of give some of those bullet points of what I'm hoping to share in the book, it is that, um, that God believes in you, even if you don't believe in yourself. And I know there were so many times in my life that I did not believe in myself, but God was ever faithful. Um, And how faith, especially this Catholic faith of ours, this faith in God that can save you even in the darkest moments of despair. I'm telling you, there were moments in my life, like those moments when I thought it would be better for me not even to be alive. That was a dark, dark time in my life. When I watched my daughter go through a horrific attack, Um, when our marriage went through an attack, that God's grace was present even when we were melting down. Um, One of the other areas of the book is that God sends his angels to us in so many disguises. Sometimes we get to be the angels for other people. Um, But one of the people that this book is dedicated to, other than my husband and these two beautiful priests who were part of my upbringing, is a friend by the name of Barbara. And Barbara has been like this little guardian angel or god godmother you know kind of floating around um when we've needed her one of the one of the areas is how miracles happen in our lives and we have to take time and to really realize that those miracles are real there are so many stories of miracles throughout the book and um and then one of the areas is called survivor's guilt um that it can be a path to finding a deeper purpose after suffering survivor guilt is a real thing Um, And to realize that that God is ever-present in the midst of everything, and there's no coincidence when we allow ourselves to live a life of grace. And then finally, what it means to live a Eucharistic life. And one of the areas that, as I'm looking at all of these, it's the song Free Will. And when I wrote that song, I was looking at all of my siblings, seven brothers and sisters, the same mom and dad, raised in that same sweet little home in Michigan, and how each of our lives took a different path, a different journey. Even though we felt like we were sharing the same story, there's not one person on this earth that has the same story as another. And so I want to go to the song Free Will and share some of this one with you because it really fits what we're talking about right now.
The book started to be written in Midland. Um, the last day that I was there, I started kind of looking at an outline. And then for the rest of that entire Lenten season, and from there until I finished the manuscript, I think I was in a total of seven different states. A lot of it, oddly, was written in hotel rooms. It was weird. Like this one day, I was in Louisiana, and I distinctly remember writing down all of these stories of miracles how our daughter had a, a healing at Lourdes, how our marriage had this phenomenal intervention huge, from Mary, huge. Um, how Heidi, our second daughter, she was an ectopic pregnancy that moved. I mean, wrap your mind around that. That was amazing. It was amazing. And I knelt on the floor in the hotel room that day, and I just wept. I wept for joy of all of the miracles that God had allowed. And um, it, it's an amazing thing that his... His pen, when we allow him to write the story and ask him to direct us in our story, how different things can be. And the the song that I want to share next and a little bit of that story, which is included in the book, is the song Mercy. And I remember sitting in the Adoration Chapel one day, really asking God to direct me and to guide me because I felt like my, my life was going to a very dark place. And... I started having feelings for someone who I was not married to, and 
I could see how Satan was trying to win this, and I almost wanted him to. Um, but then asking God, can you please help me? I'm, I'm falling apart. And instead of just saying, oh, of course, my dear, I love you, and it's going to all be great, he had the audacity to say, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But then he gave me the most beautiful melody, the most beautiful lyric, so that I knew, even as I was falling from grace, that I could land in the ocean of his mercy if I would let him allow me to fall there. Let's take a few minutes with this one. This this song is so powerful in my journey. Fall into the ocean of my mercy The waves will lift and catch you as you fall Dive into the river of redemption Let the running waters carry sin Of my mercy, 
this is one of those songs that um, it was it was crazy how many places this song has taken me, and one of them was to Germany, um, to Schoenstatt, Germany, where I met this wonderful priest by the name of Father John Marsh, and Father John was one of the incredible. Um, endorsements that was written for the book and I want to share his um, this is right on the back cover um, after being at this mercy retreat with him and a number of women with the military council of Catholic women he and I together with a, a couple of sisters from um, Poland were giving them a mercy retreat and this is what he had to say when he read the uh, the biography he said when we suffer much we have a great chance to show God we love him Julie, I have heard and read what you have been through, a great deal of suffering. And I ask, why are you still here? Why didn't you leave the church? Why didn't you leave God? Because your spirituality is so powerful. It is far more powerful because of the things that you have been through. And you have had so much to teach me. I don't know how you did it. I really don't. But I'm in awe of you. And I'm in awe of your spirituality. And... All I can think of with Father John Marsh is that as a priest, he brings us these incredible gifts of grace. And one of the things that stuck with me from that mercy retreat in Schoenstatt was when he said, grace is brought to us on the plate that is entitled mercy. You know, the plate name is mercy, but on that plate is grace. And in his mercy, he gives us grace and it allows us to go through to the next part of our life. And, um, you know, another area that I'm so grateful for as a as a human being, as a as part of my story, is some of the places that God has allowed me to go and to be and to um, experience. And one of those was the Holy Lands. And to be there was phenomenal. Um, to be in Israel, especially on Pentecost Sunday that year, and to be singing in the church that overlooked Jerusalem from the Garden of Gethsemane, it was it was phenomenal and to hear those words in that spiritual tongue the gift of tongues that i remember hearing as a little girl and to hear those coming out of my mouth it was it was powerful it was beyond words and i can't even imagine <laughs> it was it was something and of course our daughter heidi was with me on that trip mm-hmm. um kurt was busy being a dad to the rest of the kids and and working and so heidi got to go in his place and um I want to share that one with you, too. The song is called Breath of God. And at the beginning of it, you'll hear the words that came out of my mouth that Pentecost Sunday. Ruach Elohim Nashima Elohim Sufre de Dio Alito del Dio Atim Descortes Respiratio do Dio Respiración del Señor Adonai Breath of God Veni Sancte Spiritu Ven Espíritu Santo Spirit, feel. 
Hristos. Respiratio de Dua Respiración del Señor Adonai Breath of God Veni Santo Espíritu Ven Espíritu Santo Father Leonard um, asked me, he said, Julie, how many languages do you speak? And I said, well, having lived in Germany, I speak German. As a teenager, I learned Spanish when I was a, an exchange student in Mexico, but my primary language is English. And he said, well, what about the Hebrew and Aramaic and the old French language? And, and I was like, I don't know. I didn't know what those were. And he said, they all meant breath of God. And I thought, how powerful that God continues to speak in our journey today. He, he continues to be a part of our story. And uh, and how thoughtful of you to write this all down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fortuitous. Yes. So I, that's going to remind me. So again, the name of the book is called Unfailing Grace. And um, if you go to wesingourfaith.org, wesingourfaith.org, that's the site, click on the link that says Unfailing Grace. And if you go there this week coming up between the 28th and the 30th, there is a free gift waiting for you. And it'll have a link for you for Amazon so that from the 28th to the 31st, you'll be able to have a gift from us here at Carrick Ministries and Paper Raven Books, um, a free ebook. So it's the entire Unfailing Grace book as an ebook. And the one thing we'll want to remind you is to have a QR code reader on your smartphone or on your Kindle device because you'll be able to listen to the music that because of Kurt's idea of the QR code, um, you'll be able to hear some of these songs as you read the book. They're literally, it's an interactive one, which is kind of neat. Yes. So, And also for the first 20 people who yes. review the book, we have unfailing grace t-shirts how do you like that yeah yeah that is awesome so there's a number of gifts the 28th through the 31st so click on that link and and then click on the link for unfailing grace now we have time just for one more song and this one to me is is such an important one especially with kurt being interviewing me today and it's the yes, song yes i've been doing all the talking here <laughs> <laughs> but it's the song the face of god and this song I, I don't know. It is so special. It is so meaningful. And I think it's the perfect one to end this first part of Unfailing Grace. We'll have the second part next week. Um, but this one, because of the importance of marriage as part of my life, and because my life is revolved around that, the marriage, our children first, and then all of the other parts of the story that make up who I am, this is the perfect place to end today. So, um, so to take us to the top of the hour, the face of God. I hear him in the whispers as we cuddle close at night. I feel his arms around me as you hold me. 
of um, that phrase face of god mm-hmm. i have to share one of the other endorsements for the book i think you should it's an important one bishop thomas olmstead he's our bishop here in phoenix and you know this week again as everybody is in dc i think of all of the pro-life people and he's such a pro-life bishop um, such a pro-life person but anyhow his beautiful words are your music The songs written from the joys and sorrows of your life are an integral part of the way you share your story and give convincing witness to the Lord Jesus. This book is a wonderful combination of the graced movements of your mind and heart. I pray it will inspire many others in their faithful following of Christ. What a blessing he is. 
and what an amazing um, gift our bishop has been all these years. And to see something in my life and to see something in your life has just been, I don't know, blessing on blessing. And uh, so it's nice that he's also a part of the book. And uh, He's been a part of our ministry for how long now, 15 years? 15 years, yeah. yeah. It's just really, really been amazing. But um, yeah, so again, don't forget that website is wesingourfaith.org. WeSingOurFaith.org and there'll be a link right there for you to click on to um, to go directly to Unfailing Grace and uh, when you click on the, the image of the book is the, is the link, that's what it looks like and it'll take you right to Unfailing Grace to learn more about it and again to find that link to click on during the 28th through the 31st for your very own free ebook of uh, unfailing grace thanks again for joining us on we sing our faith we'll have part two on julie carrick the author next week and until next week may god bless you and keep you Your 24-hour-a-day source of Catholic inspiration. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Are you tired of working from home? If so, you're invited to check out Work Suites, a new sponsor of KATH 910 AM owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. Work Suites is designed for professionals who desire their own workspace to get their work done. Work Suites provides amenities such as a receptionist, mail and package handling, meeting rooms, and high-speed internet. To learn more about Work Suites, you can visit worksuites.com or call 888-312-WORK. That's work, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. St. Joseph Catholic School in Arlington invites you to their 20th annual gala on Saturday, April 17th. This year's theme is A Night to Remember. In lieu of an in-person gathering, they will be live broadcasting the event to their supporters this year. The evening, which begins at 7 p.m., will include a live and silent auction, entertainment, and a walk down memory lane where you will share memorable moments of their school's history. For more information, call 817-419-6800. If you want God to hear your prayers, hear the voice of the poor. St. Thomas of Villanova. Tithing to Catholic Charities, a large faith-based social service agency, is an ideal way for Catholics to live out Jesus' call to serve our brothers and sisters. We feed the hungry, house the homeless, place adoptions, and more. The Time for Giving campaign funds our 10 core services. When attending Mass on May 15th and 16th, prayerfully consider supporting Catholic Charities' mission to serve our brothers and sisters or go to ccdallas.org slash tfg. For the eighth consecutive year, the Pope St. John Paul II Monstrance is visiting North Texas and will be available for veneration and adoration at many parishes, schools, seminaries, universities, and Catholic centers through June 14th. All are invited to call Joanne at 972-489-3220 to either receive the schedule for the Monstrance or to request a visit to your parish or location. Please make plans to pray for vocations and your other intentions at one of the locations this year. For information, call 972-489-3220. St. Francis Village is located on 250 acres on the shore of Lake Benbrook in southwest Fort Worth. You will love to live your retirement here at this secure Catholic community. If you are 62 and independent, call Mike at 817-292-5786. 
walk to daily mass, and participate in various activities. You can even feed the deer from your patio. Rates include utilities for cottages starting at under $900. Call Mike at 817-292-5786 to get on the wait list and to begin living at St. Francis Village. K-A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. 